Hello, my name is Billy Mialogunde and you're listening to episode 171 of the Bid Picture Podcast. On this episode, I'll talk about how some apps that women use to track their menstrual cycles are now trying to improve their users' anonymity, the new battlefront that could open up between government agencies and tech companies over how sensitive data about women's health will now be collected and stored, and a recent update from Google stating that it would begin automatically deleting visits to abortion clinics and other locations from its users' location history. Thank you for your time. Let's get to it. Part 1. They admitted to keeping a spreadsheet of abortion patients. So developers of period trackers and fertility apps are working on ways to anonymize user data in response to the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling that struck down the constitutional right to an abortion. Millions of women use services such as Flow, Clue, and Apple's Health app to help them become pregnant, avoid pregnancy, or just to know when their next period is due. The Supreme Court's decision brought more attention to those services which hold sensitive data that could be used against people in those states where abortion may be criminalized. Creators of some of those apps are now seeking ways to ensure that they don't have specific information to share about their users in the first place. Natural Cycles, the first birth control app, cleared by the Food and Drug Administration, FDA, is working to build a completely anonymous experience for its users. Raul Sherwitzel, the company's co-founder, said their goal is to make it so that no one, not even the app's creators, can identify the user. He, however, added that it is a technical challenge. Flow announced that it would soon launch an anonymous mode feature, allowing its users to remove their personal information from their Flow account. The company plans to share more details on the feature in the coming weeks. So according to legal experts, different types of digital breadcrumbs, such as information that can be subpoenaed from period trackers, can create detailed profiles of their users when put together. In addition, phone and app data have long been shared and sold without prominent disclosure, often for advertising purposes. Health apps typically don't fall under protections from HIPAA, which is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, except for data that is shared between users and their healthcare providers. So even before Roe v. Wade was overturned, menstrual data has been used in government investigations. For example, in a 2019 hearing, Missouri's State Health Department admitted to keeping a spreadsheet of Planned Parenthood abortion patients, which included the dates of their last menstrual period. There are steps that users can take to select the most secure period tracking app, and that includes reviewing an app's privacy policy for details on what steps it takes to protect customer data, whether it shares or sells your information, and how the company responds to government requests. For example, Apple says data from its health app cannot be shared or sold simply because it has end-to-end encryption. 
So while many people on social media suggested deleting period tracking apps after the Roe v. Wade decision was announced, doing so is just not an instant fix. So when you delete an app from your phone, it doesn't always mean you've deleted your data anywhere other than on your device. Sometimes you have to directly contact an app's customer service support team to ensure that your historical data has been wiped on the developer's end. Users can also check the company's privacy policies where information on how to delete that data is often provided. So both Clue and Flow provide email addresses to contact to request data deletion. In addition, users of Natural Cycles can send a request to the company support team via a link on the company's website. For most companies, data deletion can take up to a month. So stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Hey Google, how can I get an abortion? So on June 24, the US Supreme Court overturned the landmark case known as Roe v. Wade that provided the constitutional right to an abortion. On that day, according to data from Google, searches for how to get an abortion in Texas, a state that has moved to ban the procedure, were three times higher than the previous day. Such internet searches could take on new significance in the wake of the Supreme Court's ruling. And that is because, according to former prosecutors and tech policy researchers, data such as user search history, text messages, and location data could potentially be used to build legal cases against people charged with having an abortion in states that have outlawed the procedure. Some critical issues in this new battlefront may open up between governments and tech companies over people's data. So first is the question of what kind of data state authorities might use to prosecute people for getting an abortion where the procedure is illegal. People's digital lives generate vast troves of data that could be used to bring a case. Still, the data that is most likely to be sought by prosecutors would be text messages, search history, and emails, which might contain information such as receipts for abortion pills. Legal experts think that at least some of the states that have outlawed abortion will move aggressively to enforce their laws. There are multiple ways authorities can obtain text messages and other data. For example, Law enforcement can serve a search warrant to a tech company like Apple or Google to get them to turn over the data, or they can go directly to suspects and ask them to surrender their device, also known as a consent search. Prosecutors could use the grand jury process, search warrants, and other less formal means to request the information. The amount of information they are required to disclose to the target of the request varies by jurisdiction, so there could be instances where the data holder 
may not know the nature of the matter. Authorities may also seek location data from any app that tracks such information if they believe someone visited an abortion clinic to undergo the procedure. They could also request payment services information from banks and credit card companies if they think someone purchased abortion pills with a credit or debit card. So as I mentioned in the first part of this episode, concerns have been raised over the past few months about data from period tracker apps that could help identify if someone missed their period, which might lead law enforcement to believe that that person eventually became pregnant. However, the data the apps provide is not as legally compelling as a receipt for buying abortion pills online. That is because the information from period tracking apps relies on users' inputs and could easily be inaccurate. So another question now is, how will tech companies themselves respond? Big tech companies, including Google, Apple, and Meta, each receive tens of thousands of requests for user information from government agencies in the US alone every year. According to their transparency reports, they turn over at least some data to the government approximately 80% of the time. Unfortunately, some of that data has been used to help incriminate people for non-abortion related crimes. Many big tech companies, including those three, have not publicly said how they would specifically respond to subpoenas or search warrants for messaging, search, or location data that are suspected to be related to abortions. Some of the information that prosecutors might be looking for, such as iMessages on the iPhone, are end-to-end encrypted. That means Apple itself does not have access to the contents of the messages to turn over to law enforcement. In addition, Apple says that data from its health app, which some people used to track their menstrual cycle, is also end-to-end encrypted. However, Apple's iMessage chats can be read by Apple when they are backed up to the company's iCloud. In addition, the company has said previously that it may give users iCloud content to law enforcement agencies in response to a valid legal request. So then another question is whether text messages or search history have actually been used in abortion-related court cases. And the answer is yes, actually. Text messages have been used to charge a woman who was accused of illegally terminating a pregnancy. So in a 2015 case in Indiana, law enforcement charged a woman with infanticide, which refers to killing a fetus or inducing a miscarriage. Authorities obtained a search warrant for a phone, and according to local news reports, they found messages where she told a friend that she had bought abortion-inducing drugs from overseas. According to court documents, the woman was convicted and later released from prison after a judge overturned a feticide conviction. So another question is whether Apple, Google, or Meta are the only tech companies that may be asked to provide abortion-related data? And the answer is no. 
Ride-sharing companies like Uber and Lyft could also be asked to provide location data if law enforcement suspects the services were used to transport someone to an abortion clinic or out of state for an abortion. Uber said it remains fully committed to protecting its users' privacy while following the law. A spokeswoman said the company will continue to reserve the right to reject requests for several reasons, including those that do not have a valid legal basis, are overly broad, vague, or otherwise inappropriate, or if the company cannot verify the legitimacy of the request. In addition, she said Uber notifies U.S. users when their data is requested by law enforcement unless there is a court order that prohibits them from doing so. Both Uber and Lyft have previously said they would pay the legal fees of drivers who are sued for providing transport to a person trying to get an abortion. In addition, some abortion bans, such as the one Texas is moving to institute, would bar anyone from helping women receive abortions and allow private citizens to turn in others for a cash reward. So another question is, will there be differences in data collection and turnover by jurisdiction? The answer is quite possibly. It is unclear at this time whether a tech company would be compelled to turn over data to a state with an abortion ban if a resident of that state traveled to another state to undergo the operation. Some states that allow abortion, such as California, have said they won't cooperate with states that seek to prosecute individuals who they believe have received out-of-state abortions. So another question is, are there ways to limit the exposure of these types of data? So women can use an end-to-end -end encrypted messaging platform like Telegram, Signal, Apple iMessage, and so on. They can also check the health and privacy policies on their period tracker app, with some of them being more privacy-friendly than others. In addition, women who want their search histories to be private can use a search engine such as DuckDuckGo that, unlike Google, does not save or share user search histories. The Electronic Frontier Foundation, EFF, basically a non-profit digital rights group, said it is unsure how companies may respond to law enforcement requests for any abortion-related data. However, users can do a lot to control who they are giving their information to, what kind of data they get, and how that might be connected to the rest of their digital lives. So stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Some places that people visit can be particularly personal. So on July 1, Google announced that it would begin automatically deleting visits to abortion clinics from its users' location history, a move that comes amid growing calls for tech companies to ramp up privacy controls 
in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to eliminate the constitutional right to an abortion. The company said physical locations visited by users of Google products are stored in the location history setting of their Google account. So that setting is off by default and location data is only stored for the people who have opted to turn it on. Some places that people visit can be particularly personal, including medical facilities like counseling centers, domestic violence shelters, abortion clinics, fertility centers, addiction treatment facilities, weight loss clinics, cosmetic surgery clinics, and many others. So on July 1, Google announced that if their systems identify that someone has visited one of these places, they will delete these entries from location history soon after the person has left that location. Google's new deletion policy is scheduled to take effect in the coming weeks. In an email to employees, Google CEO Sundar Pichai said the recent ruling on Roe v. Wade was a monumental change for the United States and a personal one for many Google employees. He added that the company will work on new ways to strengthen and improve the recently announced privacy protections for Google users over time. The company's move addresses one possibility that privacy advocates are flagged in the wake of the recent U.S. Supreme Court ruling, which is basically the potential that prosecutors will use warrants or subpoenas to demand that tech companies turn over data revealing users who have visited abortion clinics. That data could be used to build legal cases against people who have been charged with having an abortion in states that have outlawed the procedure. Google also announced updates to make it easier for users to delete their health data from fitness tracking apps such as Fitbit and Google Fit. For example, Fitbit users who have chosen to track their menstrual cycles in the app can currently delete menstruation logs one at a time. Google said it will roll out updates that let users delete multiple logs simultaneously. So to wrap up, on this episode, I talked about how some apps that women use to track their menstrual cycles are now trying to improve their users' anonymity. I talked about the new battlefront that could open up between government agencies and tech companies over how sensitive data about women's health will now be collected and stored. And then I talked about a recent update from Google stating that it would begin automatically deleting visits to abortion clinics from its users' location history. So that's all I have for this episode 171 of the Bid Picture Podcast. Thanks for listening. Beat Picture Podcast is produced by Sunshine Media in association with Alowinly Productions. Fact-checking by Zara Kuznetsova. Audio engineer, Sergey Gorski. Graphic design, Stacey Graham. Senior producer, Abide Ologunde. Executive producers, Olufolani Ologunde and Toby Loba Ologunde.
Please join me again on the next episode as I continue with a deep dive on cybersecurity's news, events, and incidents, and the lessons we can learn from them for robust cyber threat intelligence and awareness in our daily lives. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the Big Picture Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, please share the show with anyone that you think might benefit from it. For questions, comments, or any suggestions, please send an email to bdme at thebeatpicture.com. You can also get in touch on Twitter at BeatPicture, on the Clubhouse app at Beat, as well as on the Wisdom app at BDME. Please remember to leave a review for the podcast if your platform allows you to do so. Thank you for your time. See you on the next episode. Bye for now.